As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This is 7 News with Angela Cox. Good afternoon. The family of a little boy hit and killed by a truck in Sydney's southwest have bravely spoken out in the hope of preventing similar tragedies. The five-year-old was struck as the vehicle was being parked. Peter Fegan spoke with the family this afternoon. And that uh, five-year-old boy, his name is Harrison Spruill, who tragically lost his life at the uh, family trucking yard behind me late yesterday afternoon in Picton, has been remembered today by his family as simply just a cheeky little five-year-old boy who loved school and loved trucking. In fact, his dad, who has spoken to us, said that he has travelled all around Australia with him in the truck, and the trucking was in his blood. And his sister and his brother have said some beautiful words about Harrison as well. Very happy little mischievous he was um very outdoors loved his horse yeah he um loved his brothers and sister sorry that's all i can say yeah i'm sorry it was an accident that's my job to protect him and i failed on this one he was special you don't find a kid like that and obviously this is a very tough time for the Sproul family. Uh, as you heard, they spoke some beautiful words of Harrison. They said that they will be able to move forward and find hope. Pressure is mounting on the federal government after it miscalculated how much the JobKeeper scheme was going to cost. Now there are calls for the $60 billion surplus to go to those workers who missed out. Political reporter Olivia Leeming is live for us in Canberra. Olivia, the government is still resisting. Yeah, and maintaining that this scheme will not be expanded to include more workers, despite it coming in a staggering $60 billion under budget. Uh, the Treasury and the Tax Office revealing yesterday that they grossly overestimated the number of Australians who would be accessing the JobKeeper payments by 3 million people, slashing the cost of the scheme from $130 billion to $70 billion. They say it's partly due to some businesses uh, filling out the applications forms incorrectly but questions remain as to why this error wasn't detected earlier with Labor accusing the government of incompetence. Would I have liked it to have been picked up earlier of course uh, and then that way we would have been providing accurate numbers as we were receiving them. The credibility of Michael Sucker and Josh Frydenberg has been shot into space from where you can see this 60 billion dollar error. 
Labor and key unions are demanding the government use this as an opportunity to help those workers who missed out originally, including casual workers who've been with their employer for less than a year. But the government showing no sign of relenting pending a review of the program in June. Ange. OK, Olivia, thank you. There's been another coronavirus death in Victoria, a man in his 60s. His death brings the national toll to 102. There are 10 new cases in Victoria. None is linked to the Cedar Meatworks cluster. To an unfolding situation in Melbourne now, police have surrounded a St Kilda building after a patrol car was shot at. Jodie Lee is there for us. Jodie, officers are still trying to locate the suspect. Yeah, and police were called here to Alma Road in St Kilda just before 2 o'clock this afternoon. The initial report was of a person acting suspiciously, but when officers arrived, they weren't able to find a person who met that description. We're told that two police officers were sitting in a marked vehicle when they noticed the back windscreen of their car was struck by what police are calling a ball bearing. Uh, at that time, the critical incident response team was called along with a number of other police units, but still a number of hours on, they haven't been able to locate the person who fired that ball bearing. They've cleared a number of apartment buildings here on Alma Road, but are still looking for that person of interest. It could be an hour or two before Alma Road is reopened. Ange? OK, thanks so much, Jodie. A driver who crashed into a Sydney clothing store injuring 14 people has faced court. Robert Avaria was there for the details. Rob, he was refused bail. Well, Angelo, good afternoon. It has without doubt been a very colourful 48 hours for 51-year-old Lakemba man Sabri Nasser. His car ploughed into a shop at Greenacre. He was taken to hospital, arrested, released, arrested again, charged. And after being refused bail at court today, he will spend tonight in a prison cell. And nobody disputes it was Nasser behind the wheel when his car injured 14 people crashing into the hijab shop. Extraordinarily, those injuries attracted charges of only causing actual bodily harm, which means the wounds were not serious enough to warrant the more serious, grievous bodily harm, even though two people remain in hospital. His defence lawyer argued the 51-year-old suffered a medical episode that he was unconscious behind the wheel when it happened. Whilst the circumstances of the offence uh, are unfortunate, uh, my client uh, denies uh, any intention. But today in court we learned why NASA had been re-arrested and charged. Police allege he was involved in a road rage incident near his Lakemba home in January, that the incidents were very similar and that NASA presents an ongoing threat to the community. The magistrate agreed and subsequently she refused him bail. His legal team has flagged its intention to lodge another bail application when this returns to court in June. A teenager has fallen to his death from an apartment on the Gold Coast. It's believed he'd been partying with a group of friends who had to be treated for drug overdoses. Crystal Etherington is following the story. A 19-year-old Brisbane man's night ended in tragedy when he fell to his death at the Surface Paradise Unit Complex early this morning. Paramedics say the teenager fell from the fourth floor of the View Pacific Apartments around 3am. CPR was commenced on the individual and it was later called off. 
his injuries, um, he could not be resuscitated. He was found on the footpath by a passerby. Several police surrounded the complex and while door knocking the units above, they found a group aged between 16 and 19 in a semi-conscious state after taking too many prescription drugs. Four of them were taken to the Rabina Hospital for treatment. It's not yet clear how the 19-year-old man fell from the balcony, but it's understood the group had been partying in the same unit before the death. There was an, a disturbance earlier in the same complex. We've returned and we've found a male that it appears to have fallen. Earlier, around 2.20am, two 16-year-old boys believed to be from the same party were arrested nearby in possession of prescription drugs. People underestimate drugs. It's as simple as that. They might be prescription drugs for one person, not for another. Officers have been here all day guarding the crime scene and gathering evidence to try to work out how this tragedy unfolded. At least two people have somehow survived a horror plane crash near an airport in Pakistan. The pilot tried in vain to make it to the runway after both engines lost power, but the Airbus came up short, slamming into homes. A bustling Karachi neighbourhood turned crash zone. <laughs> Debris from the wreckage of an Airbus A320 burning in the alleyway as locals search in hope for anyone left alive. Remarkably, there was. This man pulled from the flaming fuselage. According to the flight manifest, he was sitting in row one. Another claims he unfastened his seatbelt and jumped from the burning plane. 98 people were on board the Pakistani Airlines flight. In its final moments, the pilot radioed in with dual engine loss. We are proceeding back, sir. We have lost engines. Runways were cleared, but there was no stopping the doomed descent. The view from an incoming flight showed just how close the ill-fated aircraft came to touching down safely. Many on board were travelling home to celebrate the end of Ramadan. The A320 only just now resuming flight operations after being grounded by the pandemic. Officials will look at maintenance and the possibility of bird strike for the cause of the crash. But the first task, accounting for all the victims. Jack Douglas, 7 News. Monster waves, some as high as a three-storey building, have created spectacular surf conditions off New South Wales. Die-hard board riders brave the once-in-a-decade swell. Cameron Price caught up with some of them. Yeah, good afternoon. Waves in excess of five metres have battered the coast from one end of the state to the other, all the result of an intense low-pressure system sitting in the Tasman Sea. And while it created hazardous conditions on our beaches and out to sea, it's also whipped up big ways for the thrill seekers taking advantage of the huge surf. It's a rare chance to sort of pull a board this big out, which is a lot of fun. This time of year in winter, it happens, but it only happens a few times a year, so yeah, it's nice to be out there. Some, though, having to deal with more than just the big waves on offer. There was just a, a big shark that just kind of swam around us, so we all thought, Call it quits and paddle in. A hazardous surf warning expected to remain in place tomorrow with the dangerous conditions to continue before the system moves out to sea early next week. A new study has raised more questions about the safety of the malaria drug Donald Trump keeps spruiking. The US president is taking it to try to prevent COVID-19. But as Ashley Mullaney reports, the findings suggest it could actually be killing coronavirus patients. 
The president started taking the anti-malarial drug on the advice of his White House physician, but hydroxychloroquine is denied under more scrutiny after a sweeping study found that it could be lethal. A study of almost 100,000 COVID patients worldwide found those who took the drug were 34% more likely to die and 137% more likely to develop heart arrhythmia. The president says he's taking the drug as a precautionary measure and there are trials underway into whether it works to prevent the virus, but it's proven harmful for some as a treatment. The president didn't take questions on that today, but did announce houses of worship would be deemed essential in America speaking directly to some of his most ardent supporters and governors around the country. If they don't do it, I will override the governors. In America, we need more prayer, not less. Honestly, that would be reckless. It's Friday. They're not ready. As Americans head into one of their busiest holiday periods, the Memorial Day weekend, beaches and parks are reopening across the country. The highest rate of positive cases recorded in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Chicago and Minneapolis. The president said with or without a vaccine, America will reopen. Still, the race is on to find one. And today, the Pentagon chief said America would deliver by the end of the year. The UK has knocked back Australia's request for an exemption to its border crackdown. From the 8th of June, all incoming travellers will have to self-isolate for 14 days to try to stop a second wave of COVID infections. Australia had asked for an exemption because cases here are so low. The British government has come under fire for not closing its borders sooner. The country's official death toll has passed 36,000. A wild chase caused chaos in Los Angeles. The driver of a stolen ute smashed headfirst into another car while speeding the wrong way up a busy freeway. He got off the highway and led police on a chase through side streets, at one point getting boxed in by another ute. He's ramming that vehicle, going back and forth. Now he's going to escalate this, pick up some more speed, slam into this car. This guy in the white pickup truck, he's not giving up. He's he later blew a tyre and police caught the driver and his passenger on foot. A new dinosaur exhibition in the Australian Outback is nearing completion. Staff at the Australian Age of Dinosaurs in Winton, Queensland are pushing ahead with construction despite the pandemic. Work is underway on an observatory and a prehistoric exhibit. Preserved footprints from the Cretaceous period are just one of the rare finds on show. There was a spectacular light show over parts of Victoria last night. Its trajectory and relatively slow speed meant it wasn't a comet or shooting star. Astronomers believe it was actually a Russian rocket re-entering the Earth's atmosphere.